One chance, one life, one take. Little room for mistake. Who do Welcome you to the Dead Funny Dead Series podcast. Uh, this is the 30 End of Life Duels in 30 Days series. And my name is Mitzi and I'm your host today. Today we are going to welcome End of Life Doula Kristen Elliott. Uh, hello, welcome. Hello, thanks for having me. Anytime. So this is Kristen Elliott. Uh, can you say a little bit about your company? Yeah, thank you. I am Compassionate Presence, um, end of life care. I also have, um, I offer end of life programs for the living. So I'm working with both the dying and the living kind of in the same fashion to help reduce fear, to guide people closer to their hearts and souls um, in order to have a more fulfilled life. And you can find me at kristinelliot.co. All of my programs, including the end of life side and the for life side are all in the same place there. So let's just dive right in to your why. Why did you start doing this work? Yeah, thank you. That's a great question. You know, I assume that my story, and, and you can tell me otherwise because you've interviewed so many people now, um, is is pretty common amongst folks who are end-of-life doulas and make that choice, and that is that I went through two pretty horrific familial deaths. My step-parents, who had been in my life since I was four years old, so you know, conceivably right from the start, both died within close time proximity of each other. And one was sudden and unexpected in a different state that was um, unfamiliar to me and the rest of my family. And the other was long drawn out um, and close at home. And in both instances, I just felt totally unprepared to navigate their deaths both by the way that we as a culture view and sit with or don't death. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the way that the hospital systems and the hospice systems were equally as unprepared to help guide me through caring for my, my loved ones who were dying as well as the rest of the folks around the deaths. And so I thought there has to be a better way to do this. And then I got introduced to this, um, new, not new role of the end of life doula and immediately went and took a couple trainings, um, because I felt the zing inside that said, Oh, this, this work is for me. I, I want to help change our culture's view of death. I want to have conversations about death. And, and there's a lot of talk in this business about finding comfort with death. Well, I'm not sure that that's actually the path that I want to take people down because as humans, you know, we're the only species that are wired to understand that eventually we're going to die. And so to find comfort with that might be a little counter to our makeup, but we can certainly, we can certainly come to a more peaceful place, um, with it. And that is my hope for people and what I hope to bring people. Bringing up the part where it's more complicated than just being comfortable with it. And I like the idea that you weren't prepared, right? And so there's a little bit of, you can be a little bit more comfortable with it by being a little bit more prepared, but it's not as all or nothing thinking as Mm -hmm. like, oh, we'll just get super comfortable with it and everything will be fine. It's a little bit more complicated. Yeah. But a little education goes a long way. And gosh, if I had just had three or four little chunks of knowledge 
you know, my nervous system could have been in a more calm place, which could have helped facilitate that for my dying loved ones and those around me. And so I think, you know, just even the little bits of progress that we make around having conversations around death, being a little bit more educated about what happens to the body as we die, um, can go a long way to bringing us closer to that level of comfort. You started saying that you took some trainings, what trainings, which ones were super beneficial. If you want to share which ones weren't, you can do that or not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, actually, I think, um, you know, everybody brings their own view and their own um, approach to end of life work. And so I see value in collecting as many points of view and experiences as possible to round out my own practice. So um, I got trained by the International End of Life Doula Association, ANELDA, which is kind of the leading body for certification. And I'm doing air quotes here because I'm (laughs) I'm not convinced that we need a certification to support people at the end of life. It's something humans and especially Mm -hmm. women have been doing since the beginning of time. They offer that. And then a sacred passing, which is here in the Seattle area, takes kind of a different approach. So Anelda really focuses on pre-death and helping people to understand the, the the value that their life held and how they might want to exit. Whereas a sacred passing and some others like it really focus on kind of the, the non-conscious moments of death, creating a space that is supportive uh, for all the senses and then post-death care as well. And post-death care, you know, having more of a relationship with the body post-death doing some ritual and ceremony and then disposition after death are also things that I'm, I'm really passionate about because it can really help with healing when we have kind of a hands-on approach post-death, which isn't something really that is supported, you know, by our society right now here in the U.S. Well, and I think that's, again, you're going back to the education, right? Even educating people that it's possible and then moving that forward. That's right. So looking at, you've done some trainings. I just want to clarify, are you certified through Anelda? I am not certified. And the reason is because the stipulations for that certification are really intense. A number of hours with a number of sign-offs from various people. And, you know, when you're working with death, sure, sometimes you'll have folks that are willing to write you up a recommendation after the family of the deceased and that kind of thing. But sometimes that's just not possible. And the amount of time that's put into the care of the dying person and their communities, I feel, is where my time should be spent. So chasing after a certification so someone can tell me that I'm qualified to be doing the work isn't something that's important to me or that I feel is necessary. But but a lot of folks do. And, and I understand that. You know, from a client perspective, you want to understand the person that's coming into your home to provide support to your loved one or yourself. And, and that certification can go a long way to do that. But I think a one-on-one conversation and and getting to know people is, is just as valuable. So spending my time on the care versus the certification is what I've chosen. In general, I think this last year has even made that a little bit more on the table for so many reasons. And I'd love to continue that conversation and further podcast because I do think, so we are recording this in April of 2021. We're coming out of the year of a quarantine and being separated from people. 
at the end of their life on many levels, a lot of the volunteers for hospice and otherwise. So kind of moving into challenges, but it's just really a bridge because that's one of the challenges, right? Is getting the respect and making sure that people understand that you're qualified for this and that we don't traumatize people. So what other challenges have you found? Yeah. I mean, so right now I'm in a place in my life where I have a full-time job that is not end-of-life doula. And then I have the end-of-life doula role. And I'm really passionate about taking the work we do with the people at the end of life and translating it for people who are living to help deepen their relationship with themselves. Like when I took these trainings and understood more of what was involved with end of life work, I thought, why, why as humans are we not going through this while we're living, while we can really grasp a deeper meaning of our lives and really live our lives to the breadth and the depth, right? And, and so I'm kind of balancing all of that. And one of the challenges is actually is the kind of the infancy of this role which is a bit of a misnomer because again, this role has been around since the beginning of time, but once, once end of life care got, uh, changed after the war and embalming and funeral homes kind of came into being, we stopped caring for our dead in a more intimate way, our dead and our dying. And so this, this role kind of went away and now it's reemerging as we see the necessity in society. And so people aren't familiar with it. People are generally not very familiar with death, the end of life process. We keep it very hidden. And so trying to establish um, a business and a role like this takes time. So that that is a challenge. And, you know, I'm up for the challenge. I'm up for doing a lot of speaking and engaging and having one-on-ones with people in order to just continue the conversation. But I would say, you know, the time and the space to build comfort with the role itself and knowledge about the role itself is one of the big challenges right now. They're hand in hand, right? Getting the education out and then having people trust you so you can get in that space because it's a very vulnerable space for the dying, for their families, right? And they don't even know what an end-of-life doula is for the majority of folks. And so there's a lot there. There's a lot. lot. And I can totally understand why folks would be like, why do I need this? And so there there's, you know, a level of conversation that that needs to happen about the benefits of of the role. And it's one of the reasons why I'm part of a collective here in Seattle, StoneCirclesCollective.org, which is a group of us that of share work and clients as appropriate. And then staynear.co. I'm a navigator for near.co. And they're also doing the work of educating people about um, why this role can be so supportive and so necessary at the end of life. And so those are two other ways where, you know, I'm putting myself in places where these conversations can happen and and the education can get out there. I've voice my opinion. I, I like the idea of collectives for so many different reasons, because, you know, you have a, a group of people that can share the work because this is hard work. The people that are hiring you can choose between people that they really connect with because it's just like finding a therapist or finding the right doctor, right? You want to connect with the person, but that is also, you can educate more people if you're part of a collective and branch out a little bit more. Yeah, we love the idea in our collective about just offering a variety of people. I'm not going to be everybody's flavor. 
my, my partners aren't going to be everybody's flavor, but together, hopefully we can serve more of the community um, because people can find <laughs> different flavors within our collective and different ways to be supported by, by the whole group. That's lovely. And Stone Circles Collective has monthly events that I saw on the website. So that's always a piece too, right? It's something that people can connect to and start learning and, and being a part of that community. Yeah, that's right. Thank you for mentioning that. We we offer free or or by donation, if you're called, monthly events on various topics. So for instance, um, at the end of April, just to give a flavor, we are we are welcoming Brian Flowers from the Moles Farewell Tributes, which is here in Washington, and it's a green burial site. I've been to the Moles, and it is just an incredible experience to hear the story of how that was created and Brian's own story with getting involved. And so that's just, you know, one idea of the free offerings that we do monthly that people, anyone can join. Excellent. Yeah, it's definitely a piece where people can start touching uh, what you do. Look at closer. So what hopes do you have for end of life doulas, you know, just for the career in general and your own business looking a little bit forward? It's interesting because we are coming out of 2020. So also, you know, what, what does that mean? Oh, gosh. You know, at the highest level, my hope is that through this role, we can foster a little bit more community care. You know, we've gotten so used to in this society taking care of ourselves or our immediate families. And we've really, over decades and millennia, <laughs> walking away from, walked away from, you know, kind of a community approach to care for all the transitions of life. And it's my hope that this is one way we can bring that community care back to, you know, one transition of life and hopefully it'll, it'll cascade elsewhere. And for myself, I'm hoping that this, the awareness of this role grows, that people understand how end of life doulas can be kind of that solid, grounded, objective third party that's there to support without the you know, often emotional ties and and baggage that comes with family and friends and 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 people that are close and offer support in kind of a different way. And and so my website and and any doula that is on this podcast, I'm sure their websites as well mm -hmm. list out all the ways that doulas can support. So I encourage people to to just get curious about it and and go see why this role, you know, might be um, something important to take advantage of when it's time. I love that. I think that's, you're just hitting the nail on the head right there with people should go and just kind of investigate on what's available. And, you know, something, they're going to find something on these websites that is like, oh, it does sound like that. It would be helpful and healing. All right, Kristen, thank you so much for being here. Can you uh, just remind everyone where they can find you one more time? Yeah, Mitzi, thank you so much for having me and for facilitating these conversations and for doing the work that you do to just, again, bring that awareness um, about death and end of life care and existence. The work you do is so important. And, you know, I'm just honored to 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 be in your community. Um, you can find me at kristinelliot.co. That's my end of life work and my work with the living uh, you can find me and a handful of others at stonecirclescollective.org um, and also staynear.co is a great place to find um, navigators for the end of life. And then my Instagram is Kristen Elliott Seattle. All right, everyone hop on over and follow Kristen on Instagram. 
Uh, I do. Again, just a huge thank you for being here and sharing why and how you became an end-of-life doula. Uh, all your information will be in the show notes below, Kristen. So lovely listeners, uh, you can find her there. Uh, if you're enjoying this series, it would just mean the world if you subscribed or gave a review or liked it or shared it or did something. It tells us that this is important information and that we should continue doing it. If you can do that, and then once you've done one of those or all of those, if you're just so inclined, hop on over to Instagram and TikTok. Follow us there. That way we can get to know you uh, and answer your questions just right in the moment. And that should be super fun. That is everything for today. And we will see you all in the next episode.